It's all right. Let's just linger in this for just a few moments longer. I don't want to rush what God's doing. that gentle flow of the Holy Ghost just let it wash over you let it flow over you let it replenish you let it pour virtue back into you standing you can be seated I'm so thankful for the sensitivity of your pastor how many of you love this man aren't you thankful for pastor Wright and it's so good to see sister Wright in the house let's give them a big hand God bless them So I just, um, I so appreciate the willingness of this church to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost. And I said it this morning, but God gave the plan for the tabernacle in the wilderness. And it was in the wilderness that they learned how to be led by the Spirit. If there's any hour... The apostolic church can relate to Moses and the people in the wilderness. It's right now. If we have ever walked through a wilderness, if we've ever walked through darkness, if the church has ever been in a place where we have got to be dependent on the leading of the Spirit, it's this hour that we live in right now. That's why when the glory steps into the atmosphere, we can't afford to bypass that visitation from God. But it's at that moment that tradition has to go out the window. It's at that moment everything we are used to has to be done away with. 
It's at that moment that personal agenda has to be crucified. and We've got to be sensitive to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Ghost. God gave Moses the pattern for the tabernacle. He gave him the instruction for the tabernacle. And in Exodus chapter 40, when it's time to construct that tabernacle, the first piece of furniture that they put inside the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. They started with the glory and worked their way backward. And the next time they entered the tabernacle, they worked their way forward and ended with the glory. So the first time they entered the tabernacle, they started with the glory. And the next time they entered the tabernacle, they ended with the glory. The apostolic church has got to make sure we never leave the place where we start with the glory, but we don't finish with the glory. But we got to make sure we start with the glory and we finish with the glory. Because what God wants to do in this end time hour, especially here at Antioch in the Antioch community, what God wants to do in this end time hour is so great. Man cannot manufacture and flesh cannot fabricate what can only be done in the spirit. What God has started in the spirit cannot be finished in the flesh. Everything we do in the kingdom of God should be centered around the glory and the power and the direction of the Holy Ghost. Whenever the glory was lost uh, by Hophni and Phinehas in that battle of the Philistines... The glory of God was lost and the messenger came to Eli. And Eli was going blind. He was losing his vision. And he asked the messenger what the noise was about. And he told him that his sons had been killed in battle. And that the glory had been captured by the enemy. And when the elder generation heard that the glory had been lost... He fell backward and broke his neck. And when he died, the Bible said that Phinehas' wife went into labor. She was with child. And it said that she gave birth to a son. When she gave birth to that son, the Bible said, and I want you to pay close attention to the wording here. The Bible said that she regarded him not. She had just given birth to a son. But she regarded him not as though he was not valuable to her. Because she understood it doesn't matter what I produce if there's no glory. And when we come into the house of God, it doesn't matter what you and I produce if there's no glory. It doesn't matter if you can sing. It doesn't matter if you can play an instrument with excellence. It doesn't matter if you hit every note just right. It doesn't matter if you've got the modesty right, if you know how to dance and shout on beat. It doesn't matter if you can quote the entire Bible behind the pulpit. What you and I produce does not matter if the glory of God does not show up.
David's bringing the glory back to Jerusalem. And I believe there's a generation that's bringing the glory back to the house of God. That's bringing the glory back to where it belongs. That That's bringing the glory back to the focal point, the forefront of who we are and what we do as the people of God. And he was bringing the glory back to Jerusalem. And the Bible said that when the glory entered into Jerusalem, the Bible said that David began to dance with all of his might. And his wife, Michael, was up in the window. And she was in an elevated position. And she began to look down at David dancing because of the glory coming back to Jerusalem. And the Bible said that she despised David in her heart. And the Bible said from that that day forward she bore no children. We have heard it preached for years that when she despised David in her heart that she became barren. But the Bible did not say she became barren. The Bible said that from that day forward she never had another child. And historians preach and historians believe that the reason she never had another child is because from the day that she despised David in her heart she lost intimacy with the king the problem with the bride was she got in an elevated position and began to look down on what got her to where she was And God has begun to elevate the bride of Christ. We've got the best talent. We've got the best stage design. We've got the best marketing. We've got the best preachers. We've got the best singers. We've got the best buildings. We've got the best musicians. But we have become an elevated bride. And if we are not careful, we'll begin to look down on everything that got us to where we were and to where we are. You want to know what got us to where we are? It's the old paths. It's Acts 2.38. It's Jesus named baptism. It's the oneness of God. It's holiness and separation from the world. It's prayer. It's fasting. It's consecration. It's building altars. It's dancing. It's shouting. It's aisle running. It's worshiping in the presence of God. The apostolic church is elevated, but we better never start looking down on what got us to where we are. We're more focused on hospitality rooms than prayer rooms. It's a problem whenever the production gets bigger, but pre-service prayer gets smaller. We got to get back to the glory of God. When the gospel begins to be preached in the New Testament and the gospel of Mark, the Bible said that Jesus began to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude. When you study that, the word great multitude means the greatest crowd. As long as he was preaching to them, there was a great crowd. But when Jesus withdrew himself, the crowd began to get smaller. And the Bible said that when he was alone, 
They that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven them. What he was saying was is because you came to me whenever I was alone I'm going to open up your understanding about the mysteries of the kingdom of God there was a line that was drawn between those that were just part of the crowd and those that were just part of the kingdom and in the apostolic church right now there is a line that is being drawn between those that are just content being part of the crowd and those that are desperate to be part of the kingdom of God And so what separates those that are part of the crowd and part of the kingdom is those that are willing to go after him when he's no longer doing everything they want him to do. As long as you're preaching to us, Jesus, and making us feel good and impressing us with your words and expounding on Scripture, we're going to stay here at your feet and we're going to listen to everything you have to say. Even though it's a parable, we don't understand but whenever he withdraws himself from the crowd and begins to require greater commitment to to those same people in that crowd he was just preaching to that's where the line begins to be drawn ladies and gentlemen we've got to get to the place where we don't just stay committed to God when he's doing everything we expect him to do but when he withdraws from the traditions when he withdraws from our expectation when he withdraws from everything we require of him there's got to be enough desperation in us to say God you've got to give us understanding you've got to give us revelation you've got to expound on the mysteries of the things of God in this hour he goes on to say he says take heed what you hear However open you are to hearing is how open God is to speaking. Are we all right with just surface level understanding of the kingdom? Or do we want God to begin to peel back the layers and give us blueprints and strategies about end time revival? Do we want God to begin to pull back the layers and give us understanding of what he preaches to everybody? He will He will preach it to everybody, but he will only give understanding to those that want to be a part of the kingdom. And he said, with what measure you meet, it's shall be measured to you and unto you that here shall more be given for he that hath to him shall be given but watch this and he that hath not unto him shall be taken even that which he hath what Jesus was saying was if you receive the revelation of the kingdom I will give you more revelation of the kingdom but if you reject revelation of the kingdom it will not preserve the status quo 
but it will be a forfeiture of current revelation. We've got a misunderstanding in the kingdom of God that if we reject what God wants to do in this hour, then we'll just preserve the status quo. But the kingdom must be appropriated or the kingdom will be lost. Rejecting the kingdom in this hour will not maintain the status quo. It will cause you to lose the revelation that you've already received up to this point. You ought to lift your hands right now and open your spirit and say, God, you might draw the line between the crowd and the kingdom, but I want greater understanding. I want greater revelation. And in Mark chapter 1, we see where the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that visitation that they had heard about generation after generation after generation is finally making its entrance into the world. And in Mark chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible said, and the beginning of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And in verse number 2, it says, as it is written, written in the prophets what you've got to understand about the kingdom is that there is a newness about it and an ancientness about it all at the same time they had heard that it was coming year after year after year but they had also never seen what they had heard was coming year after year after year there was an ancientness about it but there was also a newness about it they had heard something was coming Coming, but they had never seen what was coming and the door that the, and the hinge that that door swung upon was the death of John the Baptist because John kept preaching the kingdom is coming the Messiah is coming the way is coming the Savior is coming the revival is coming but until John died they could never walk through the door of that great visitation that God had promised them what does John represent? John represents everything they are used to. When everything we are used to finally dies, we can walk through the door of end time revival and it'll shake the gates of hell. John kept preaching it's on the way it's on the way but eventually John was in the way of what was on the way if we don't change our language in this hour and stop saying it's coming it's on the way you and I will be what is in the way of what is on the way we gotta make sure tradition dies we gotta make sure the mundane dies we gotta make sure the status quo is finally bound up so we can see what we've heard about generation after generation after generation you ought to mix your faith with that in this house right now huh. Huh. 
It said the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. And in verse number 14, it said, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now it was no longer about a message. It was about a manifestation. Ladies and gentlemen, we preached uh, that it's coming uh, that it's on the way but I'm here to say it's not on the way Uh, the kingdom is here Uh, this revival is here Uh, this breakthrough is here it's not about a message Uh, there's a manifestation of the glory of God you ought to receive that in this house right now we've heard about revival let's start having revival we've shouted about miracles let's start having miracles we've danced about the region now let's take the region but John's gotta die tradition's gotta die give God praise in this house right now I know you can shout before it happens. I know you can shout after it happens. But can you dance before the revival? Can you dance before the next church plant? Can you dance before the next kingdom? Can you dance before the next campus ministry? Can you shout before the next P7 club? Can you shout before the next building? It's not on the way. It's here. It's here. It's here. I can preach this to you until I'm blue in the face, but eventually you gotta stop waiting on it to get here. And you gotta say, I'll open up the door and I'll walk through it. Somebody's gotta go to that unchurched city. Somebody's gotta start the Bible class. Somebody's gotta go knock the door. Somebody's gotta start the bus route. Somebody's gotta get the burden. We gotta stop saying it's coming. We gotta get out of the way of what's on the way. I'm telling you tradition, religious tradition in our North American Pentecostal traditions uh, is one of the most deeply rooted things in the apostolic church that we've got to start dealing with in this hour. 
And when Jesus walked onto the shore of the Gadarenes, the Bible said that that man that was possessed with those spirits, it said that they had been there a long time. They were ancient spirits in that region of the world. But somebody with spiritual authority finally uprooted all of that mess and it opened the door for a regional revival. And in Mark 5 and 15, the Bible said that the people of that region saw the man with legion that was possessed with devils. Watch this. He was clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. Why would a visitation stir an emotion of fear in a group of people? It's because people are afraid of a revival that will mess with what they're used to. And in, and in verse number 17, uh, it says that they begin to pray uh, that he would depart out of their coast. Uh, and Jesus left that region uh, when he wanted to give them a revival. And you never read anywhere else in Scripture where Jesus returned to that region. Some of you are scared to death. What you're used to is going to be messed with in this revival. You are scared to death that what you're used to is going to be messed with in this revival. And I'm here to tell you, it is going to be messed with in this revival. Because we're taking the norm and the status quo and what we're used to in the box that people have tried to put the apostolic church in. And we're breaking all of that stuff. And we're going to walk through this door that God has opened in this hour. There is a door and effectual open unto me, Paul said. But there are many adversaries. Sometimes I think we label an adversary. Sometimes I think we label our traditions and our expectations as an adversary. It's not an adversary. It's just your fear of what you're used to being messed with. The Bible said that it was the day of preparation that is before the Sabbath. And Joseph of Arimathea waited for the kingdom of God. And he craved the body of Jesus. He knew this visitation's coming. The kingdom is coming. And I'm craving the body of Jesus. And it said that it was the day of preparation that is before the Sabbath. The veil was about to be rent. And the door for the next dimension of humanity to walk into was about to be opened. But he said it was the day of preparation. That word preparation there literally means to unsettle. Or to disrupt. We need a disruption in this hour of everything normal. Because it was that disruption that led them into that Sabbath that opened the door for them to walk in that new dimension. We have a misunderstanding about the Sabbath. 
We believe that the Sabbath is just to take a day of rest, but Jewish sages teach differently. Jewish sages teach that the Sabbath is to cease all normal activity. And by virtue of ceasing normal activity, you enter into a place of rest. When the apostolic church ceases all normal activity, by virtue of that, we're going to enter into a place of rest. Where God's going to be the one that does all the work. And we're just going to have to flow in the current of the Holy Ghost. We need a disruption. When three songs and an offering and a sermon is normal. But devils being cast out isn't. We need a disruption. Am I the only one hungry for what I'm preaching about here today? I'm talking about you just, you you cease all normal activity. And all the protocol they tell you you got to go through to start a church. Brother McGurk, when you throw all of that out the window and you're just spirit led, you enter into a place where God just leads you and it's just easy. It's like what I preached about this morning. We believe we can be spirit-led in a church service to shut down the music and invite the glory of God into this house. I'm like Brother Sheldon. I don't know why we invite him. He ought to be here anyway. But anyway, we believe that we can be led by the Holy Ghost in a church service. But why do we have a hard time believing that the current cannot lead us to the right restaurant to sit to the next, to sit to the right person that's supposed to finance this thing? Those of you that walk onto that campus, you got to throw the normal out of the door. When they tell you you can only have a move of God, whenever you gather with that campus ministry, that's a lie from the enemy to try and box you into traditionalism. You ought to be walking down the sidewalk to your next class, and the current just leads you to a soul, and you can pray them through in that college campus, and God will use that person you just prayed through to be an apostle to this region, to be a missionary to a foreign country country I feel the angelic in this house right now we need to lift our hands and pray in the Holy Ghost we gotta get normal out of the way we gotta get out of the way Come on, John, change your language. The kingdom's not coming. It's here. It's here.
The body of Christ is stepping into a new role in this end time hour. After the death of Jesus Christ. The veil of the temple was rent. And he resurrected. He ascended into the heavens. And he descended on the day of Pentecost. Ever since the day of Pentecost. You and I have fulfilled the role of the body of Christ in the earth. And there was a point of transition there. Where the body of Christ was entering into a new assignment in the earth. It was no longer God in the flesh walking around laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. But he looked at his disciples and he said greater works than these shall ye do also. There was a shift there. There was a transition there where there was a new assignment for the body of Christ. And that was to operate through the believers in the earth. But it said that Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him after his death. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And watch this. They said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? That sounds like opposition to me. But here they were on their way with a new anointing. To anoint the body of Jesus Christ. And when God saw that the fresh anointing was on the way for his body. He moved the opposition out of the way. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. There is a new anointing for a new assignment on the body of Christ. And I'm tired of seeing the apostolic church pull their hair out. In worry and fear and in fretting. And in intimidation in the apostolic church. Because we're wondering how's the opposition going to be moved out of the way. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. God sees a new anointing for a new assignment. On the way to the Antioch community. And every opposition that stands between you and that anointing. God is reaching down and he's moving it out of the way.
Those of you that accepted the call of God this morning and finally made up your mind, you're going to do what God has called you to do and you're going to step into these apostolic dimensions. You're worried about everything in the way. You're worried about the opposition. You're worried about the adversary. You're worried about your past and your reputation. But I feel the Holy Ghost saying, I'm reaching down and I'm rolling that opposition out of the way because God sees there's a new assignment for you. And because there's a new assignment for you, there's a new anointing for you. I wish somebody would just get hungry right now. I wish somebody would just get hungry in this house. And John's locked up in prison. John's locked up in prison and he sends word to Jesus. He says, I want to know, are you he that should come or should we look for another? And that's what a lot of you in this room have been doing the last five or six weeks that I've been here. You've been saying, is this the revival that should come or do we look for another? Is this the harvest that should come or do we need to look for another? Is this the breakthrough that should come or should we look for another? But Jesus sent word back to John and said, You go tell John the blind see and the deaf hear and the lame walk and the dead are raised. It was a kingdom signal to let him know that this is what I've been telling you about. It was a kingdom signal to let him know this really is everything you thought it would be. And I'm here to tell this church that you've been wondering, is this it or should we look for another? But God's going to start giving this church kingdom signals to let you know this is it. This is it. This is it. Whenever Joshua was leading the people to the promised land, God made sure that he knew you've been here before, but you've never been here before. It was ancient and new all at the same time. You'd cross the Jordan River time and again, but it's never been like this before because the banks of the Jordan, they overflowed during all the time of harvest. Antioch, you've got to understand, you've been here before, but you've never been here before. This is the one you've been waiting on. 
on. This is the revival you've been waiting on. The river overflows during all the time of harvest. But it's going to take somebody to get out of the box of traditionalism and start laying hands on the sick and watch them recover. You got to start prophesying. You got to start speaking it. You got to. Somebody ought to break the box right now. You don't have to wait on another point to get out of your seat and shout. You need to break that box of what's expected of you. You feel that new anointing coming in this house. It's flowing. It's flowing. But if we're not careful, I'm about to turn you loose here in just a minute. Just stay with me. If we're not careful, we'll build up our own expectations of what this end time revival is going to look like. And we'll totally miss it altogether. The Pharisees said, we want a king to come and restore all things. Liberate us from the Roman Empire. The political systems. They expected a king to show up in majesty and might. Splendor. But they rejected him when he came. Because he didn't look how they expected him to look. They wanted a king and got a kid. A crying child cradled in the arms of his own creation. But they failed to realize he was minuscule yet mighty. He was an infant yet infinite. 
He was a fetus, yet a force, a crying child, but still the creator of the world. And they missed him. But when Jesus started opening blinded eyes and calming storms and unstopping deaf ears and raising the dead, those people that saw that, they had no question, this is it. Those that had been there for John's ministry, for him to say, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, they knew that it was him. And so that lets me know that when you're not preparing for a visitation, you won't know what it looks like when it gets here. But when you've been preparing for a visitation, you won't care what it looks like when it gets here. I've come to break that box in your mind that you have put God inside of where this end time revival is concerned. And if you're not careful, you're going to miss it. And you're going to be just like those on the shore of Gadara where they were afraid because what they were used to had been messed with. And subconsciously, you might even be praying in your mind, depart from us. And if you're not careful, you'll enter into a place where he never visits you again. I bind the spirit of fear by the authority of the word of the Lord and the power of the name of Jesus. You have no place here, fear. I bind you hand and foot and I cast you into outer darkness right now where you belong. You will plague these people no more. There is a disruption that is coming. Those angels are operating in this room right now. Here's what I want you to do. Let's, here's what I want you to do. Listen to me. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to count to three and sit this microphone down. You need to break the box of whatever you normally do in this kind of atmosphere. You need to get out of your comfort zone as a signal to let God know. I'm going to get out of the box of traditionalism in this moment to let you know, God, that when you bring us this revival that is currently here and we wake up and realize it's here and step into it, we're going to get out of the box of traditionalism with that too. Are you ready? Open up your spirit all over this house. If you got to roll in the floor, roll in the floor. If you got to run the aisles, run the aisles. If you got to lay on your face, lay on your face. But you need to do what you don't normally do as a signal to let God know you can disrupt everything we're used to. John's got to die. Are you ready? One, two, three. Go after it. Break the box.
Come on. Come on, John. John's got to go. John's got to go. John, tradition's got to be bound up. Come on, break the box of traditionalism. Break the box of your own expectations. We bind fear in this house. We're tired of preaching about it. Let's see the revival. Let's step into the harvest. Let's walk through the open door. There are many adversaries, but God's removing it. There's a new anointing for a new assignment. Come on, Antioch, change your vocabulary. Stop saying it's on the way. We got to get out of the way of what's on the way. It's here. It's here. I want you to be led of the Holy Ghost in this house right now. I want you to practice the gifts right now. God's going to give some of you a signal. 
as to what it feels like when he speaks to you so that when you're walking down the sidewalk you'll feel that signal and you can go minister to somebody in the Holy Ghost let God lead you in this room right now <laughs> 